Hi, everyone. This is Divided Films, the podcast where we talk about movies that audiences and critics do not agree on. Uh, I'm JJ, and with me is my co-host, Keith. Hello. And uh, today, our special guest is our good friend and writer, Bobby O'Rourke. Hello, Bobby. Hello. It is a thrill and an honor to be here. Yeah, thank you for being here, Bobby. Uh, I uh, detect a little sarcasm there, Bobby. So no, not at all. I was, <laughs> I was utterly sincere. <laughs> yeah, okay. I think we're all, we're, we're all good friends. I think we're, we've been so sarcastic to each other that we're starting to lose track of yeah, what's sincere. Nothing's real anymore. It's we'll all... put footnotes while we're being sarcastic. <laughs> um, so today we're talking about the movie Hook. Uh, a lot of people are familiar with this movie, but just a quick recap. Directed by Steven Spielberg, starring uh, Robin Williams, Dustin Hoffman, released in 1991. Um, also worth noting, music by John Williams, because that's one of the one things we talk about. So this movie uh, falls into the category of a um, rotten score with critics and a positive score with audiences. Does that surprise you, Bobby? Yeah, I actually, I, for a long time, I thought this movie was very well received because it, it has, it has that Spielberg-esque, like, drama and, and, pa- and pageantry about it. And I was mm-hmm. really surprised that like a lot of the criticism is about like, well, the set looked kind of weird and like it, the script wasn't very good. So I was surprised by that. Honestly. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of people, uh, I guess, you know, grew up with this movie thinking like, yeah, it was like, everyone likes this movie, you know? Yeah. Um, I think I'm not surprised by the audience score. I think there was, you know, there's definitely, um, a sense mentality popularity of this movie. You know, it's on TV a lot. People like to watch it still to this day. Um, but yeah, I guess critics, then, and I think even now, uh, still feel the same way about it. Um, so here's the crazy consensus and uh, see what you think about this. All right, I'm ready to be hurt. Okay. <laughs> Chris consensus. The look of Hook is lively indeed, but Steven Spielberg directs on autopilot here, Oof. giving in too quickly to his sentimental syrupy qualities. And I think the most damning word of that consensus is Autopilot. Uh, I would have said syrupy. I think syrupy, that, that's uh, what I was syrupy about. autopilot. I think. Uh, I think when I do, if, if when I'm writing, if I get the word syrupy, I'm like, oh boy, I really mm-hmm. missed miss the boat on this one. Yeah. So what, what do you think? I mean, we're going to talk about um, all the different pro- um, aspects of this movie and you know where maybe that sort of consensus is coming from. Um, but you know, let's start with at least just the premise of this movie and uh you know i feel like i'm at least i at least like the premise of this movie i'll say that much um the premise of this movie i had to sum it up is uh peter pan is all grown up with um a family and uh you know a busy career and has forgotten about his life in he loves his cell phone (laughs) (laughs) yeah and he has forgotten about his uh adventures in neverland uh until hook james captain hook comes back to kidnap his children and demand that Peter return to Neverland to uh, have one final battle, and he must uh, remember how to fly and fight and vanquish Hook once and for all. So that is that is like the idea. This movie is exploring sort of the Peter Pan lore, which I think most audiences are American audiences are familiar with. You know, you have that fifties um, Disney movie that is like a classic. So everyone is uh, somewhat familiar with that. So, you know, I, I, I'm a fan of any movie that tries to take uh, some sort of mythology in a new direction, at least. I think it's – I'm on board with the premise, so I'll say that. The elevator pitch of this movie is – it has a nice hook. Like, yeah. I, like, I know, like, I know I pun intended, not pun yeah, not intended. Oh but <laughs> that the, is, yeah. the writer of this, he got the idea when his uh, – child was like hey well what if peter pan grew up and that's when the seed oh i didn't know that uh, of the idea just kind of like what if peter pan grew up mm-hmm. uh but i have a lot to say about this movie the, the funny <laughs> thing is i have a lot to say yeah. I, I do too and most of it positive there are some parts that i find hard but i'm actually i think this wouldn't play in 2019 because mm. i think in 91 this movie was yes, yeah 91 i the idea of taking a property that exists and sort of going to the next chapter that's not written yet, I think would be very novel in 91. I think in 2019, that's kind of now a bit of old hat. Like a lot of people are like, well, what if we took this property, but we did this thing that yeah. we don't really well, they have. Came out with like a, I think an origin movie with uh, yeah. Hugh Jackman. Oh yeah. Like 10 years ago. I'll give Peter Pan credit. Aside from the cartoon, this is probably the most successful Peter Pan 
Yeah, by movie. far. Because I think, like, uh, it was I, there's been a couple in the mid-2000s that you kind of just forget. There was, like, a live-action remake, uh, or maybe one or two, but there's a mid-2000s live-action remake, which came and went. Right, I remember um, that. And the whole movie had this, like, green hue to it. I remember that. <laughs> Jason <laughs> Isaacs was in that movie. Yeah, yeah. he was. Um, and then uh, there was a movie with Hugh Jackman where he's playing a young... Was he Hugh Jackman? He was Blackbeard, and it was about, like, a young Captain Hook... And it was called Pan. I look. I didn't see it. I didn't see I, it. I, it doesn't even deserve to is be. Is that ironic? The, podcast, that the movie called like, Hook is more about Peter Pan. And the movie called Pan is more about Captain so Hook. So I do give it credit, though. Yeah, I. I Why I'm is that? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, obviously, I, I don't know. I do give this movie credit as being like, if you want, if you love Peter Pan, and you don't want to see the John Johnny Depp like. J, J. M. Barry uh, biography, which is also very good. Oh, you want to see a Peter too. Pan? Yeah. If you want to see like, this is probably the best. Peter Pan movie you're gonna get outside of but that. this movie's also as yeah. long as like 2001 oh, it's, it's longer than Goodfellas <laughs> yeah <laughs> this movie that's another hours. reason that this movie may not fly <laughs> and I understand that and before, sorry before I move on I just wanna say I had no what might have affected my positive rating is I watched Disney when I was a kid but I never watched the Peter Pan cartoon actually ah. so I had as far as I was concerned Hook was the story of Peter Pan I had had oh, I, knew, right. I knew he existed previously but I had no attachment to that narrative oh okay this one. yeah because you have that classic story of you know Wendy and yeah. you know uh, whatnot. So um, premise, I definitely think is something interesting, and I think part of the premise or part of the pitch that really got on board was not just this, but also the cast. I think um, then, like Spielberg and your lead actors is what really is like the biggest selling point of this movie to get people into the seats. You have Spielberg directing, and you have Robin Williams and Dustin Hoffman as your two leads, I feel like that in itself is like enough for people to get excited, you know. And Julia Roberts. And Julia Roberts. Roberts that, she's, she's coming off of like Pretty Woman. Yeah, she's she got the height of her like. You have a high caliber cast here. You even have, you know, um, what, what's uh, her name? Uh, Hoskins is uh, Bob somebody. Hoskins. Yeah, he's great. And then, I love him in this movie. A he's young, great. old Maggie Smith. She was 56 when she when and Maggie she Smith, Maggie Smith looks like what she looks like now. Maggie Smith was born 45 years old and has has steadily <laughs> like at the rate we she's aged one year for every five years we've aged. But I want to know so this. That's how it's like okay, we're gonna get a 56 year old woman who we're gonna age her up. Why not get like an old? I, I don't know. Like yeah, I was she was great. Thinking. She was great. Why can I tell you? She. I was glad she's in it. I forgot actually watching this with my my girlfriend a couple months ago, and I saw it, and I was like, Maggie Smith is in this. I completely forgot, but she looks like McGonagall, but like from Harry Potter. Potter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Abbey. Twenty years like, later. Yeah. Yeah. So that was an interesting casting choice. I think Maggie Smith has this sort of like you know way about her where audiences like seeing her like as a supporting character you know she's someone that you enjoy seeing when she pops up in something i, I don't know i feel like delivers yeah she's she's a very like um she's an actress that you know anyone can have a lot of confidence in uh but uh so i i think that cast is like a huge part of you know getting people excited and i do think the cast has a lot of fun um particularly i think dustin hoffman Oh. And, and Bob Hoskins, like their scenes are probably the funniest in the movie. Rod Williams is having a fun time. I think the cast definitely enjoyed making this movie. I think that is unquestionable. I have to, uh, at least with Robin Williams, in terms of like Robin Williams, this is probably, at least I found him completely unlikable. Really? As yeah. Peter Banning. Oh, once he turns into like, you know, Peter Pan, you know, once he gets into that part of the movie, then, you know, he's, like, a little more fun. Oh, but this is what I'm going to have to get into some of my qualms. Just um, with – okay, so – I didn't ask, actually, what – just in case it's irrelevant, what, what is your guys' take on the movie as a whole? Because mine is very much in the pro camp, but I was well, wondering what you guys have to – what side or I not side would you take? I to this mostly towards the end, but I will oh, okay. say – okay. I don't have to spoil it now. That, uh, no, I will – I'll tell you this. I, um, I also, like – when I was younger, I didn't grow up with it, but I would watch it on TV a lot, and I had a lot of fond times watching this movie. Um, you know, I, I enjoy a lot of aspects about it, but, you know, the older I got, the kind of more I uh, liked it less, mm. I guess. Um, so I think I can kind of more and more understand where the critics are coming from the older I get mm. uh, with this movie. I uh, I think one of my biggest qualms just from like the first act of this movie is the characterization of Peter Pan growing up because there so if the premise of this movie is what if Peter Pan grew up 
I do not like their interpretation of Grown Up Peter Pan because he <laughs> is basically like your stereotypical 90s workaholic dad. Like, how many other movies, you know, maybe this is the first one, has a workaholic dad that, like, misses his son's, like, big game or something and is constantly on the phone and, like, is, like, detached from his family because he, like, rather work, you know? I mean, Not only is, constantly on the phone, having phone duels. Yeah, that scene, I will not hear any bad words about that scene. It's, it's great. But they, they even had the scene where, like, he is so late to his son's baseball game. Misses, Everyone has already left. He misses it completely. Everyone, like, if this game started at 10 a.m., he doesn't get there until, like, 5. He, he had to have missed... He had to be at least three hours late. I'll allow is long gone. I'll allow that like trait just because I think that was the start of the '90s. Like, okay, then you get liar, liar. You get like all these jiggle other, all yeah, the like, way, not, jiggle all the way, Santa. Like, you just the trope that like uh, maybe they started. Not it, maybe. I guess. The, actually, I, I think he's probably the worst. At least Jim Carrey cares somewhat. He's a workaholic, but he cares about Max. The, I I feel like Robin Williams is like I made a big mistake having these kids. I, think, is, I found it completely it, it certainly. Yeah. I, funny enough, I, the movie in the first act because you're you're you don't get to uh, not Oz. You don't get to. Uh, Wait, we're never going. Never like, never like, Neverland. <laughs> <laughs> it takes about like forty-five minutes until you're in Neverland. The yeah, first yeah. act is like about forty this minutes. This movie's about yeah. five hours, <laughs> and I love every minute. <laughs> Somehow you must go back. You must make yourself remember. Remember what? Peter, don't you know who you are? So, yeah, so, like, okay, so it, they turn him into, like, what I think is, like, the opposite of Peter Pan. I mean, you know, uh, he he's afraid of flying. Like, and I think the idea was for them, like, everything that Peter Pan is, let's make him the total opposite of that, which I think is a huge mistake. Like, let's make him hate kids. Let's make him hate playing. Let's make him hate flying. Like, <laughs> all the things that is Peter Pan, like, is now, like, reversed. I think it would have been maybe clever to have seeds of his like Peter Pan personality, like within his like adult work life. Like what if he loves flying and like maybe he's away from his kids a lot because he's always volunteering on business trips because he loves to fly around. Like, you know what I mean? Like that something a little more where it's like, oh, it makes sense in Peter Pan because there are all these things that I've always maybe connected to. I agree it's a little on the nose, uh, the writing certainly, in making him this this anti-kid, more or less. But yeah. it really, I, I usually am forgiving it, number one, because I have such an attachment. But number two, I actually really enjoy, um, I don't remember the name of the woman who plays Maura, his, his, Maura, his wife. I don't think um, anyone remembers her. Okay, well, she does have what I think is a fairly effective speech when he has his phone thrown out the window, and she's like, you have about five years left with your kids before oh, they yeah. don't want to be around yes, you anymore. That was very nice. And that, to me, sort of makes up for, like, the, it's, it's, it's fairly cartoonish, like, how unlikable he is in the beginning. It yes. doesn't bother me as much, but I could see why uh, it would. But, uh... I feel like people already listening kind of know. I'm not. I, I get this movie isn't a 26 in my eyes, but for me growing up, I remember having the VHS. I remember seeing the cartoon and just liking the Disney aspect yeah. of it, and just like, oh, Robin Williams is in it. Great. So you, you. I remember just watching it and maybe just like not having. I never kind of went back to it, mm -hmm. except maybe a here and there, but. Everyone I know, all my older cousins, when they say, like, what's a movie that you love growing up? Hook. I know a lot of people that are in love with this movie. And just watching it again, I'm just like, I can see why. And I, I have some questions as to why. I'm really I, – I hope in this podcast we kind of decipher why people like it. Like, well, or why they don't. Maybe this, this movie has a 76% audience score. This is a, a lot of people I know. 50% difference between what the critics feel and the audience yeah. feel. That's a huge difference. That's a plurality of like, people. A lot of people I know love it and have nostalgic feelings to it. And it can't just all be Dustin Hoffman. Okay, you're watching the movie. Dustin Hoffman is great. Like yeah. he steals the show. Him, I think. What also what went a lot of people over is uh, the humor, specifically between Hook and Smee. I feel like they are really funny, and I think like audiences, you know, your general audience is typically willing to like maybe forget like you know like plot holes or something if they're laughing. If they're laughing, 
then to them they're having a good time and i think they're you know that that like um good comedy might in their mind trump some sort of like negative like plot aspects i don't remember him being so suicidal in this like he held a like what do you want me to do yeah, yeah. like and, and part of that is like i <laughs> mine is a little dark my parents Speaking of darkness, there were a couple movies my parents could throw on as I was a kid, and I basically just shut up for 90 minutes to two hours. And the Hulk was one of them, and also a Jurassic Park was one, Beetlejuice was one, um, Gremlins was one. And they yeah. all have, like, the, the 80s and the 90s for kids' movies have this very sort of darkness about them that I like now that I'm an adult, but yeah. I understand how that would maybe rub some people the wrong way, because the boo box is genuinely terrifying. Yeah, that's like a really, yeah. like, kind of crazy thing they do. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Can we give it up for... Uh, Glenn Close. Can we give up for Glenn Close? Yeah. Just like I wanted to be the most I looked bizarre for the origin of like cameo. I looked everywhere for the origin as to why like did Steven like hey you want to be in this movie? You're not going to be a girl. You're going to be you're going to be a pirate, <laughs> a bearded pirate, or fleet, or not not fleet, uh, not uh, fleet. Uh, uh, no, uh, Phil Collins is in the beginning. As is the he cop. really? He's the cop. He's like, oh, you know, there's nothing we can do here. Like, you know, oh, they took yes. the kids. I did yes, not know yes, that. That's wow. right. Yeah, he's uh, the inspector. Who, like, you know, oh, like you, like whatever their last name is. Like, you, this family's always causing trouble. Yeah, and it's like our kids are gone. <laughs> and they're like, eh, whatever. Uh, so there's that. Um, yeah, that was kind of a funny yeah, camera. Like, a lot of people visited, like, uh, just a lot of people were, like, uh, John Boyd visited the set with the young Angelina Jolie, like, because they were this friends with Dustin Hoffman. Like, event. this was a big, and this was a success. Is, this movie was made for $70 million, That's a big budget for 91. That's that's fairly sizable. Fairly right? sizable, and we didn't, since we didn't really focus on foreign markets, this movie's made about $300 million. This movie's a huge success. Yeah. Got Oscar nominated, but didn't win anything. Um, In like five categories, right? But they're all technical. I think a lot of them were like yeah. best lighting or best sound. Best, best production design. I, like as much as like the uh, the criticisms I have of this movie, I'll give it the, like it did, the production design was fantastic. Costume, visual effects. I don't know about the production design. I might disagree with you on that. Um, I didn't like any other part of it, but I did go. Oh yeah, this looks, like a lot of people put in work into that. Uh, best original did, song, and best like, makeup. I felt like the pirate village felt like a theme park. It most absolutely was, but Is that, that on purpose. I mean, this is before Jurassic Park, so he's not in full theme park mode. Is at it this like point. meant to be campy? I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know if that's on purpose. Well, there isn't Neverland in and of itself, just kind of like. It's what, fantastic. What, what, is, what, is the, what is the economics of this? Like, it's, it's just filled with pirates and lost children. <laughs> it's early mercantilism from the 17th century. Guys, come on, get with it. <laughs> look at, look up mercantilism on the deck. Yeah, come on. At come your on. local urban dictionary. <laughs> Uh, visual effects maybe I'll disagree with, but then again, everything was going to lose the T2 at that time. But uh, Oh, yeah. But sure. I – yeah, no, it's, it's, this movie is kind of – I'm still kind of shocked that, like, this is a three – almost a three-hour movie. Mm -hmm. Did pe I didn't think people had that attention span Back to sit. Like, when I thought I was reaching the climax of this movie, I'm like, all right, here we go. I paused it, and there was still an hour left. Yeah, yeah. The, and this movie's pacing does hit you. Well, even Maddie. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, uh, it's okay. What were you gonna say? Uh, so even Maddie, my, my my girlfriend, who you guys know, watched it with me. Sort of, we we do movie nights, and she was like, "I'll do Hook tonight. This is one of my favorites." And she afterwards like, "I enjoyed that, but I felt it. It's a yeah. long movie. Mm -hmm. That's what I wanted to say." <laughs> I think um, some of the scenes kind of go on a long time. I mean, um, I just want to go back to like the 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 the, um, the actors for a bit. I mean. You know, Julia Roberts as Tinkerbell, I don't think really works for me. I think like she um, she kind of plays the character like to like girl next door. I think that was kind of strange. <laughs> I mean, I, she was like she's like smiling throughout the whole movie, like this big smiley face. I don't really think she does anything interesting as Tinkerbell. Um, and then the Lost Boys, you know, like the 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 meat of the movie is you know the Lost Boys training Peter. And uh, a mixed bag with these child actors, I have to say. <laughs> there is um, there's, uh, the one kid at the very end who goes like, that was a great game. But <laughs> I could not understand half the things he was saying throughout the movie. At one point he goes... Welcome back, Brandon Man. That's what he said. Yeah, that's, that's what I've always understood is welcome back, Brandon Man. I think he was like eating a sandwich when he said that line. He, uh, he did perpetually have a lot of, like, dip in his ginger yeah, the whole, the whole like, time. Yeah, I was like, what did he say? And then, um, 
Yeah, like some of the kids are okay. The one kid I feel really bad for in this movie is the kid who's like the successor, like the fat kid. Fud. Well, that was during the 90s where the, Fud, that, Fud. all those jokes were like, we just let that happen. Yeah. Like, I felt really they bad. They made like a replica of this kid to roll down to run over a bunch of pirates, but it looked like they took like a sack of potatoes <laughs> and they put like the same clothes on it. And it's like, oh, it's this kid, you know, like that to me was like one of like the most like bizarre visual moments. It's like, okay, uh, this is like something you might see in a movie from like the seventies, like uh, this like really bizarre set piece of this is, he's rolling down, but we're going to use this really weird looking set piece to represent that. It's spiritually related to like the truffle shuffle from Goonies. Like they're (laughs) like, we're going to highlight this one like overweight kid, like to do something weird. And yeah, it's again, I was like, you know, I was four when I was watching this. So like, yeah. Yeah. I don't um, want to be uh, Rob- I'm not going to be the Roberts defender on this because she was she did get like the worst supporting actress nominee at the Raspberries or uh, did she? She got nominated. Uh-huh. She wasn't bad. She wasn't doing. She wasn't acting against anything. But yeah. apparently, that's true. She was but, basically like by herself. I guess. But apparently, and I think the girl next door was like that was her Pretty Woman esque character. That was always like that was the whole next door. who she was at. Uh, um, but apparently her, she was a lot of trouble on set. Is that right? She oh. put, almost put the production into jeopardy when she fled to California after her wedding. When she fled California after her wedding to Kiefer Sutherland was called off. She went to Ireland and Spielberg threatened to fire her unless she were like, she was apparently like very, this just a troubled production on her part. Wow. And I get, I, you know, I, I, I I knew it going in. I've heard that was one of like the fun movie trivias that you hear about it, but I didn't see it. I just thought Trinkabel was kind of just weirdly placed. Like everyone just has a sexual attraction to Pete, and like Wendy. When there's some weird tension with Wendy, even Maggie Smith is like, I still love you. Yeah, Uh, that's that is. I agree. Strange, and it's not even. I like the flashbacks towards the end where he explains, like, I have to go back to Wendy and she gets older and older. I think that that's sort of strangely beautiful, but it is uncomfortable at certain points. I, I and hate those flashbacks. I don't. I really and and don't. Tinkerbell is like, I want to just wear a human-sized dress. Uh, yeah, her, her motivation is sketchy. Yeah, 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 just like, you know, she's, about, she's part of Laura. We have to do something with it. Get Julia Roberts. She's hot right now. And yeah, then Laura, she's going a lot. Like, she's in the Hollywood machine of getting married to Kiefer Sutherland. Mm-hmm. And, uh, who's that? The giant Lyle Lovett. Like, like it's, it seems like a troubled production on this part. And even Spielberg mentioned like those kid actors. I guess when you have so many, there was just like it, it got too chaotic at times. Yeah. And granted, the kids are, might be having fun, but this. Spielberg is probably on my side with this as he did not he was not a fan yes in retrospect he has said that he was disappointed with how this movie came out um I was reading that like he was not confident in the scripts to try to make it up with like more elaborate sets and um you know he uh well well, do you have a quote from him or uh this movie uh this movie actually is in um Spielberg's wheelhouse of like one of his trademarks is like stuff with fathers Mm, like he is a, sure. Um, so like, okay, you know, uh, you know, Pete's a bad father, and he just kind of wanted to explore that. And it, I, the first act, and, and Roger Ebert has a review saying this movie has a nice hook, pun intended. And it does. <laughs> the first act of this movie, I'm at the setup. It, as awful as Pete is, I'm into um into it. But uh, I'll, I'll, the quote, I know he's like, I was just very. He told a uh, critic. I was just very disappointed, but looking back on it, the only good thing that came out of this movie was my friendship with Robin Williams. That's when him and Robin Williams became really good friends. Wow. But he is, is just basically saying this wasn't my best work. I'm disappointed that he feels that way, because I think you that... You stand by your work, yeah. I think. Well, it's, it's more about, you can criticize your older work. I think all artists should probably go back and try to improve on what they've done, but to, I, I don't think it's... A, I think there are parts of it that are disappointing, but I don't think the final product is as bad as well, he might think Well, do you think this movie stands as tall as, like, the other movies of his, like, pantheon? I mean, if you talk about, like, you know... Jaws, Jurassic Park, Schindler's List, uh, Saving Private Ryan. You know, if you talk about all of his like most iconic films, how does this movie measure up? I as think, a Spielberg film. Yeah, and I like Spielberg generally. There's very few Spielberg movies I don't like. I think that the there the parts are greater than the whole. I think there's a fair way to say it. There are elements of this I think are 
outstanding and some that aren't. One of which is I will say maybe the most controversial thing about this. Let's right now. do it. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe people are more savvy, but I might argue that this is John Williams' best score, which is maybe for a Spielberg. Hot Sorry, not, not ever. For a Spielberg. Take. Okay, Sorry. hot take. Yeah, I, I find the score to be tremendous, and I think that the – the the there's a couple areas I love so much and we don't have to get into this right now but like the flute that plays when the kid is like doing like oh there you are Peter like that honestly makes okay. me teary eyed like I I remember watching that as a kid and being like a I think sad. I, I that's actually, a good score I I I, I, I it's funny enough I watched the movie and then or you texted me about the score so I looked it up on Spotify and I got more sentimental listening to the score than watching the actual movie <laughs> I I think the score is definitely like one of its um like saving graces. You know, it's it's recognizable. I think if you were to hear that main thing, like da 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 da, yeah, like everyone's like, oh, that's hook. You know, like you yeah. definitely that's it's definitely got a um, recognizable classic score to it. So I think that is um, you know a highlight of the movie for sure uh, that anyone can get behind. In terms of, um, you know, we talked about the first act a bit, you know, the characterization of Peter and the setup here. Um, although I, I think certain sequences in this movie kind of don't add up to me, and this may be a little nitpicky, but when when Hook kidnaps the kids, I'm not exactly sure what's going on there. Like, he's able to open the door, or he's able to open the window, and then, like, they're their blankets levitate up above them or something and there's like green smoke very exorcist like uh, yeah and there's like there's like a one shot that's like I feel like uh, see behind the whole scene is the shot of Toodles from behind with like the wind blowing his hair <laughs> and the green smoke like that's like I feel like a signature shot of the movie uh, but I'm still like what is the green smoke I don't understand like what's what exactly is happening here you know that that doesn't really add up to me what do you think it's very um, that to me is Spielberg always has a taste for like overly sort of dram overly dramatized, but I think in a fun way, like the, it kind of reminded me a little bit of not in, not one for one ratio, but the style of the ghosts coming out of the Ark in Raiders of the Lost Ark, where it's yeah. sort of creepy, but you're like not really sure what's going on, and they're like there's right. some weird. It, the movie kind of shifts in tone a little bit at that. It's point. a little whimsical, a little whimsical, but yeah. scary whimsical. Yeah, yeah exactly. It feels actually very much kind of like labyrinthy, where it's like this is for kids, but not really for yeah. kids. Sometimes I want to throw this little fun. Uh, so I just go with it. Is basically Dustin Hoffman was great, of course, but they were looking at David Bowie. He did turn down the role as Hook. I could see that. I, I could see. Too, I could see that, but I don't. Dustin Hoffman was great, uh, but I just uh, wanted to throw that out. He there. messed up a lot of stuff. He was supposed to play a Bond villain. He was supposed to play Christopher Walken's character in View to a Kill, oh, and he passed on that too because he yeah. just didn't like. The I know he didn't take a set. Both uh, Williams and a lot of people believed in this movie. A lot of people put yes. in work into this movie, and this movie well, didn't movie, pay off. Yeah. I think one thing you can't deny is this movie has a lot of heart and sincerity. Uh, you know, this is not like maybe I would say like um, you know a movie that was made just for the money. You know, maybe like some aspects of it were commercial, like casting like Julia Roberts or something. But you know, I feel like there is heart to this movie. I'll give it that. Like it's definitely like an affectionate movie. I, I, I see that casting as Julia Roberts is like the hottest thing right now. Right. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. I think she was Oscar nominated for like pretty. Well, she was she was an Oscar nominated yeah, actress back before time, even yeah. Aaron Brockovich. She was really big at the time. I just think uh, uh, Tinkerbell was like she's part of the lore. We have to do something with it. She's the reason she brings him in, and then she just kind of like oh, that's the other every once in a while she'll like run me. <laughs> that's the other Julia. We need you back from Ireland. Come on, I don't want those flashbacks <laughs> of the other sequence that I really like. Confused what exactly is happening, just the way it's set up. So, you know. What it's 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 a kind of thing where like what Robin Williams is narrating is not necessarily what's happening on screen. Because when he goes, you know, oh, I was scared of everything my mom had planned for me, so I ran away. But what we see is an infant yeah, I've noticed that. who has no idea what's going on, and he rolls down a hill, and his mom doesn't go get him. And then Tinkerbell finds him and like flies him away to Neverland. Um, which also is strange because she's in love with him, but she's known since a big like that kind of like I, I'm getting nitpicky, but like. That sort of thing where, like, what There's you're some seeing, loose laws in Neverland. <laughs> what, well, you're, what you're seeing is not actually what's being narrated. So I was just like, well, I, what what actually happened then? Like, I, I, that confused me. Like, why can't you simply have 
what you're narrating is what you're seeing. I agree that the the, the carriage rolling away, away scene reminds me of nothing so much as Rosemary's Baby, which is not the tone that that that's <laughs> trying action. to to enact. But yeah, that I that one too. I agree that's strange. The love story between Tinkerbell and Peter Pan was odd, but I do actually enjoy him. As, as Peter Banning, when he's grown up, the flashback where he's sort of like, I know what I wanted to do because he's he's wanted to be a father. And I'm like, at least that gives him some way to be like, I never really gave this up. I just sort of passed it on to like the next. The I, next I, I, I'm thing. trying to remember. Why did he lose his memories of? Uh, I think it's just implied he's gone for so long it's that part of the Wendy lore. just hit him in the back. <laughs> yeah, Wendy comes <laughs> no, no, it, like, it's part of the lore that. Like, long the, line, the longer the away you are from Neverland, the more distant I think it's. Supposed and then to be vice gone. versa, the longer you're at Neverland, the more you'll forget about like real, know, life. real world. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That because uh, uh, if I remember correctly, he like comes back to visit Wendy, and she's like. You know, fifty four. She's yeah. like, I don't want to go back. And he sees his daughter. He's like, Whoa, whoa, whoa! Wait. <laughs> like, I'm gonna marry her. He's like, yes. Well, you come stay. I'll adopt you. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll smudge the paperwork. Uh, <laughs> Very loose child I'm, adoption I'm, laws in England. You know what? I'm, you know, with the I'm, al- I'm allowing all of that because I, I, I do enjoy the first act, even though it's like, all right, is this movie gonna win me over? Of like. An, a very unlikable Robin Williams who shaved his arms for the role. Did he really? Honestly, uh, he is funny. the most hirsute man I've like, ever in Hollywood. No, like, next time I watch it, I'm just like look at his bare arms. Yeah, it's funny. Like, gotta tone it down for the kids. Uh, but I. So, okay, the second act then. Like, the second act, which is like the meat of the movie, um, you know, I think that Peter Banning curmudgingness actually shines a little better when he's like. You know, kind of going back and forth to Lost Boys, like this is a lost way to happen. Like, <laughs> I think that's kind of funny, actually. I think I'm maybe a little more on board in the second act than I am with the first act. Oh, okay. You know, that's kind of like him, like still kind of being like his like straight edge self, being surrounded by these kids who are you know pretending to eat and who are like you know launching him out of like slingshots. Yeah, and there's, I was like, I'm a skate park. Uh, you know Rufio's what? entrance is. Dynamite. Rufio, Dynamite. Rufio, the stuff with Rufio and well, I think and, he's a very bizarre character. I don't know how that character is conceived. Well, you know, uh, we should let the audience know that Bobby is wearing the Rufio tri bohawk. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the tri- I, I, I was on board with that. I thought, he, in terms of like the child actors, I thought he was the child, oh, the, better the, the, the better ones, the childiest, the childiest. Uh, <laughs> but uh, and yeah, you know, like Robin Williams was like it did get better. But there's also like a 20 minute baseball game in there. <laughs> like, yes, which I actually find I find the baseball game too long, admittedly. But I find that one of the funnier moments because like just the the ridiculous pageantry of Hook trying trying to like teach the pirates how to cheer. That's kind of funny to me. But well, it, it is a long it's a long scene. I did. It's like funny. Like run, run home, home, Jack. Jack. Run, run home. I, oh, I agree. That's funny, but like they should have cut it for time. You know, they're, I guess the one thing plot was that that is that's relevant is that that is a way that Hook is winning over Jack, you know, and yeah. then then Pan, you know, Peter sees that and and gets so upset that then he runs and you get the next sequence. I get so. the plot, but it's just like what, I think you're every time it, it takes forty five minutes to get to Neverland. Yeah. And at a point in the movie when you should be reaching the climax, you you have an hour left. Yeah. Like yeah. like at the hour and a half mark, you're that, going like, all right, so much has happened. I'm ready to. Yeah, I'm ready to act, call it a night. I, I fall off again in the third act because um, you know it's like I get it. It's a kids movie. You can't really have like you know, people like slicing each other up with swords. But um, you know you're getting. Like the this these action fight sequences, you're getting kids like launching eggs at pirates and like mm. launching like tomatoes and paint and stuff like that. Like it's not really yeah. Is it meant? To, it's, I feel like it's meant to be exciting, but it's just kind of like silly. That, that's when the autopilot comes in. Yeah, that's again a moment where if it were not for the John Williams score, I think it would have tuned out a lot earlier. But I have I have Hook on my uh, my iPod Nano, which is I'm oh. jealous. Uh, what, but, what is this, like 2008? Yeah, I don't know why. I've, I've always We've had them. We've this archive podcast. <laughs> like. I've always loved them and because and, and, they do nothing but play music. But I have the score of, it's called The Ultimate War, I think, is the song that plays during that, that time. And it's it's really good. Like, But 
I agree. Like launching, you go from the boo box, which is someone being killed by scorpion, yeah, to like launching like, eggs at people. The tone is very inconsistent. These are like the most like sissy pirates of all time. Yeah. I mean, you know, like one guy is like, "Ain't you Peter Pan?" And he's like, "Yeah." And he jumps out the window. <laughs> That's funny. I actually laugh out loud when that happens <laughs> that because he, he he dives. He completely dives. That out the that, that is funny. When I'm like, wow, these pirates are like these are like the wimpiest pirates ever. If I could go back to the Lost Boys for just a moment, sure. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, there there was something that. I only remembered when I was watching this again and, and doing my notes, I dr- must have driven my parents up the wall for that because the, the Rufio scene where he where they shout, like, kill the lawyer, and, you know, they go chase him through the, yeah, the, the, yeah. the maze. I used to – my dad is is a movie person. has always introduced me to new films, but my mom would would – do these things with me and one of them while watching the movies I would demand as like a four year old that my mother would chase me around the table and she would shout kill the lawyer and she'd have to chase me around the table like That's every cute. time that that scene came on and so, you kept that tradition going ever since 28 years old Wait, on your wedding day we're gonna make that happen mom I don't care if your knee hurts this is tradition <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny I when I was a kid I imitated my favorite movie a lot which was The Mask and what I the Mask was, was great I would pretend to put on a mask with my hands and go <laughs> and then I'd go smoking <laughs> So you're not alone in that. You okay, know, like kids like to emulate their favorite movies. Uh, and I just emulated uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Like I'm not even joking. Like I just would copy both Will Smith and Carlton. I have no trouble imagining that. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it, but please don't do it now. Okay. Substitute chemistry teacher. Come on, Rubio, hit a math. Mong Tong. Math tutor. Pinhead. Prison barber. Mother lover. Nearsighted gynecologist. In your face, camel cake. In your rear, cow derriere. Lion crying, spying, prying, ultra pig. You lewd, crude, rude, bag of pre-chewed food, dude. Make a race, Peter! Okay, so, um, again, Lost Boys. Okay, so, like, maybe before we dive into the third act too much, uh, I'm trying to think of a couple other second act scenes that you might want to touch on. The the dinner scene, you know, like, yeah. pretending to eat. I mean, I guess that's, like, kind of, like, light and fun. I kind of, I kind of, I'm fine with that. Um, I guess yeah, Dustin Hoffman appeared. There was that was great. That was a key scene too, though uh, the dinner scene because that is where I think Peter starts to really turn from like you know you actually see it during the insult contest you know where he goes from like banning back to pan really like yeah. really starts to transition. That was <laughs> bangering, Peter. Yeah, That's I kind of I kind of buy that you know. Uh, although I was very concerned like. You know, if, if you think about it, like, oh, is it, are they, is the food real once you, like, pretend it's real? Or is it actually a pretend and all these kids are starving to death because they... <laughs> Judging by, not to be crude, but the size of Thud, he's being well-fed. Like, he's yeah. not, he's not... So maybe it is real, thing. like, that's part of the magic, like, once you pretend and you actually get food. I mean, it is, it is called Neverland, so, like, I, I, in my interpretation, the food exists once you believe it's there. But then if you are never able to believe it's there, then you do starve. Then you do starve to death, that's right. That's you know, the I Neverland. just forgot, I just remembered in the first act uh she wrote the book uh maggie smith she oh yeah she writes, she writes the book and she says my neighbor jm we gave him all the credit <laughs> wait she, did she say that she, I don't know. there's oh, one line where I I missed that. she gives that. like she's like uh you know i she basically ghost wrote peter pan because i'm i remember the, they're performing the kids are performing that's and like, grandma i played you that's something i forgot to yeah. mention is like i and i totally didn't catch that i guess that explains my question is you know, they're doing the Peter Pan play in the beginning, so I'm like, oh, does Peter Pan live in a world where Peter Pan is also, like, a lord? Like, that's if Peter Pan really existed along with, like, a movie about him and stuff like that. It's but a blink and you'll miss it line because I remember I remember thinking that exact same thing, and I remember rewind, like figuring that out maybe, like, ten minutes after the line happened, so I, re- I re-round it then. And there's a line... When uh, Grandma, I played you, and she's kind of explaining. They they really it's that that explains. She's like, oh, J M was our neighbor, and we told him to write. Uh, like, like I basically wrote the book. I but never J M Perry got the credit. I never noticed. That I interesting. Cause I, that just like that, that was. I found it weird that like in the world of Peter Pan, the story of Peter Pan exists. <laughs> so that like that did throw me off, and I was like, okay, like they explain it, I guess. All right, fine. Like Captain Hook, like what? Why would you not want to stay and like? I feel like you'd be a big star. <laughs> like you could at least be a Captain Hook lookalike. Like, why go back to Neverland? It's just a bunch of childrens and a crocodile. Well, like, so, but, but, but so why he's like, I hate Neverland. But it's like, 
I don't really know how Neverland works where you have to get there through flying into the sky. So where can you sail to? He, he hates it in the way that Albert Camus, the stranger, hates existence. Where it's like, it gives all him... All right, 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 Mr. Tis true, Peter. Time does fly. And so do you, I see. How did you ever manage to fit into those smashing tights again, Peter? <laughs> I had one more thing I wanted to, to, to mention if we... Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, the, I really think that, although it's very tacked on, the the moments of sort of trying to maintain a childhood wonder and an adult wonder work well, and one of them is when he's talking... Uh, 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 Peter is talking to Thud, and he gives him um, tools as marbles. And I, I really think that... He, he, like, he really did guy. lose his marbles. Like, I, I, I was okay. I was on board with that as a kid. I'm still on board with it now. That's all I wanted to say. Oh, okay. I, 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 I like that. I like the ending because it, it gives Toodles the way out at the end, and I, I think that That was the thing in the, in the first act, too. It's like, what's wrong with you? And he goes, I lost my marbles. Yeah. And that's like, I feel like I even noticed there's like a pause for the audience to be like, ha yeah. Um, oh, <laughs> there was just one guy. <laughs> but I I like oh this old demented man is flying around and that's how the movie ends and I'm just like that is the last maybe shot. we should get him down no he, he uh, and uh, can someone explain like mm-hmm. Smee at the end uh, this is really going towards this is like uh, past the third act yeah yeah, yeah. Um, maybe we should hit the third act and then we'll yeah we'll, yeah yeah we'll get right, there yeah, we'll yeah. get there so um one okay now one last thing to the second act is um the most sentimental scene in the whole movie, which I think is what really drove the critics crazy, is when the daughter is singing. Mm. I think that is a scene you definitely could have cut, and that's a scene where it's like, all right, Spielberg, we get it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's it's the only musical number in a film that's not a musical. Yes, like, because there's music going along, like, she's singing as if she's singing to, like, the score. Yes. Which is kind of peculiar. And what do you think of, like, you know, so Hook's plan is as revenge to get his kids to like him, which the daughter totally doesn't go for at all, but the son does. Do you buy that? Do you buy the son kind of falling for Hook's charms? Um, I mean, I'm trying because to... Because he's so resentful of the dad. I guess they kind of said that. I'm up. trying to remember how I felt as a kid and how I feel as a man right now, mm-hmm. um, and it's... <laughs> what? <laughs> no, I, I, right I, I get that. Like, like, yeah. <laughs> like if someone, if a guy with a hook kidnapped you and just like, I, I can show you baseball right. Like, right. better sure. than your dad. Like, and he tries to teach me that parents are bad. Like that's the whole lesson he gives them. I, I, I actually liked. I don't know if I believed it in quotations, but I like that one kid goes for it and one kid doesn't. It makes sense story-wise. I'll say it makes sense in the script of this whimsy, like, oh, you know, dad never, daddy wasn't there. Yeah. Um, Daddy did it. Yeah, but this this stranger with one hand is, is, and, you know, Bob Hoff, he's charming as me. I would, like, oh, yeah. Um, but they make a great duo. Like there are, I would have watched a whole nother sequel. How just... does me though get so much of the personal files of the Banning family? That's another like nitpicky thing, and I'll be I won't nitpick anymore. But like when they're when they're trying to be like yo pizza, and he's like yeah this this is yeah you know, he's going through his like medical records, and then <laughs> when he's trying to like, when he's trying to like I forgot about that when, he's, when they're like you know uh, trying to like turn the sun against Peter, he's like. You know, he's like then Hook is going through some files, and he's like, you know, Jack didn't, you know, your father go to their sister's play, but he missed your old baseball game, and the son goes like, how does he know that? It's like, yeah, how does he know that? <laughs> does Hook know all about like? 20th century, like how, like 20th century, like you know, you could watch the TV. What's a TV? Like, like, he certainly say? knows about clocks, and he does not like them. Like, I don't know how he'd feel he about. Certainly know about clocks. like social security cards. I mean, that's what I think Smee uses to identify Peter or his license. Um, all right, well, that's that. I'm a law. I, I'm. This is where like part of me, the, 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 the child in us, is like along for this whimsical ride, but the adult in us is going like. Oh, it's just like it's a little too much. Are you yeah. proposing this is like an amalgam? We're we're the banning. When we were kids, we were like Pan that went along for the ride. But now, as we're adults, we're grumpy <laughs> men who are too busy with our cell phones right. to appreciate the childhood wonders around I us. I guess we gotta shave our arms. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the third act here. Um, you know, the fight scene goes on and on and on and on. I think it's long. It's like really, really long. Like I said, a lot of it's composed of like you know, like paint and eggs and stuff like that. And then 
you get a couple of like funny moments, but this the the sword fight between just Hook and and uh, Peter that goes on for like 15 minutes. And my biggest qualm with that is that you get three fake outs. You get three yeah, times yeah. where it's like, oh, it's over. No, it's not. Like three times that happens. I hate one fake out. So you get three times where it's like, all right, we're gonna call it. No, we're not. So like, just end already. It's too long, but I don't actually hate the choreography of the fight. I think if it were, as you said, maybe a half as long, it would be very compelling because I think they're doing, I, I fenced a little bit. So I was watching it again and I was like, this isn't actually all that far off if you if you were a certain style of, of, of combatant. Like you, you could kind of look at it. Yeah, a stylized. lot of positive reviews from professional fencers. <laughs> uh, so Don't okay. at me, professional fencers. And what exactly happens to Hook at the end of this movie. What exactly, when that crocodile, who's definitely dead, that crocodile was yeah, dead, yeah, right? Crocodile's been <laughs> dead, it's stuffed. For dead for years, but um, something happens where it falls on Hook, the mouth goes right on top of Hook, and he's gone. They're like, Hook's gone. And that's it. Like, what happened? That's like... Well, that's that's we're always about it. If, if we're going to exist in a world where a 30-foot crocodile just bites off a man's hand, <laughs> I'm, willing to also, I'm willing to also admit that probably it can swallow him without actually closing its mouth. Uh, okay. Well, since we're doing, like, since Hook is, like, a little suicidal in this, maybe it's just like, this is my way out and just crawls in. And yeah. Like, this but is, this like, is where I will die. Work. I am still alive. No, I'm not. Uh, I didn't get too much into it, but I did. I did think it was like, oh, he's gone. And it's like, well, he's right under. He's he's in there. It raises more questions, I think, about Spielberg's technical expertise because out of everything they've done with this movie, you couldn't find some sort of animatronic crocodile to at least close its mouth. <laughs> and yeah, because it just kind of like goes like. Uh, like it looks down and then just falls on him. But I like the catharsis of the ending where where Tinkerbell. Puts put or Tinkerbell and Peter together put his hook into the crocodile, which wakes it up. I actually, despite the fact that it's not real, I guess like I like that that is how he dies. Is he gets the crocodile and gets him in the end? Yeah, no, it always that should have always been his fate, right? Yeah, um, it feels good. Yeah, <laughs> I enjoy that a lot. I do. Um, <laughs> this kind of like also long drawn out sequence where like he's gonna leave then he comes back to like point out like a successor again does Thudbutt do anything to warrant being the successor what a name, the by end? the way can we just acknowledge like Thudbutt <laughs> like, like they get the biggest kid like, what, like there are bigger kids like in the training sequences are like you know you do see like skating with Rufy or whatever you do see like other teenagers but then the, I don't know where they all went and at the very end you only see like the ten main kids yeah so, you know, they went with Thudbutt because they kind of did a small little setup with him, I guess. Out of the characters of the Lost Boys who speak, let's say, like, who get who get screen time outside of just, like, wacky banquet hijinks, I, I do... I think if you're going to roll yourself into a ball and crash into a bowling pin set up on fire, it's like you probably earned your stripes a little bit in the yeah. Lost Boys. Did they have the sound effect, too? Um, I don't maybe... Uh, no, I don't think they actually had a bowling pin. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. hear, like, the ball. Like, yeah, they really should have. <laughs> Strike! Uh, I, I will give this movie some credit now, the more... Uh, in the later, the the 2012 or the later movie with uh, Hugh Jackman, that movie had Rooney Mara as a Native American, and it had... The depictions of Native Americans. I'm su- I'm pleasantly surprised that a 1991 movie had no. They didn't go the Native American route. Like they actually did not. Uh, oh, like, we're not going to touch that. Like because well, like, don't they war paint themselves at some point? They war paint. Yeah. Like I guess isn't one part of Neverland? It's just pirates, lost children, and Native Americans. Native Americans and a crocodile. Like I'm. I'm, I'm well, there's actually so that's about Laurie Shane. Never thought about is that. You know, Neverland, part of the Neverland lore, which you see in the animated movie, is like the Native Americans. You know, they have like, you know, Native American village. And you don't really get any of that in this movie. You get a little bit of the mermaids, you know, you get a little bit of like some of the magic. But And you would think that uh, this movie, even people, I think people would still love it. They would have like... It's like, oh, there's that problematic scene with Native Americans in mm. 1991. Yeah, but they there's a it? problematic plot point in like the in like this decade, like in the pan movie, like, uh, 
Oh, to have Rooney Mara play someone. And I, think, I, I imagine it doesn't get any better than that with with the rest of the tribe. I would imagine. Someone right. Prove me wrong, but it's just like it's kind of. Maybe, maybe to BPC they did cut that out. Like they didn't want to include that part because if you. It's just it, it's interesting. If, you, it's if, if you were to look at the Peter Pan Disney animated movie and you like. You know, I, I totally forgot about it until like a college class that was talking about like stereotypes in media, and they played that song called "What Made the Red Man Red." Oh, I had totally forgot about that, and I was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I got to do a lot of thinking. Let's, oh, let's not no. answer this. <laughs> I, I don't think I would show this one to my kids. Like, I, I just that I, that really. Uh, and they don't sing like that jarring. They don't sing that in Kingdom Hearts. Like they, like no. they just completely <laughs> I think that I guess because in this movie they really don't do anything except basically give themselves like what football players do like the like, oh, yeah, that, like they're not really edging into it and it's clearly kids at play they're not like trying to be Native Americans like oh cowboys and Indians kind it of probably thing. would have been another hour too. yeah they cut that scene a yeah, lot yeah that, that's fine actually now I think about it um, oh you know it's a funny thing I noticed too like when they're trying to give Peter ideas for like happy thoughts they were like dead signs I think like some of the signs I thought were like kind of funny. It was like one of them was like like bugs or <laughs> like not really things that make you happy as a kid. I just locusts. Yeah, <laughs> there was like one other like kind of mundane thing. It's like that's your happy thought. <laughs> okay, the ten plagues. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, get that long battle scene and you go home. And I guess now Peter will remember. Like Peter and his kids, they do remember what happened, right? Like yeah, they were the whole thing I until they think, forget a couple of years. I guess I guess they'll eventually forget too. But can we explain uh, to uh, Smith? Like, oh, like, right, like yes. it's just like what, what that's just Spielberg kind of winking right into the lens of the camera. No, but oh, that he's the janitor or whatever it's, at the end, the, the ground Make it out. Oh it, well, it's a dream. Think about it, like, this. Actually, there's a scene in the very in the first act, right when they're tucking the kids into bed for the leave. Where someone mm. is Don't like, tell me Smee's in the background. No, oh, no, but this, no, this no. line actually terrified me as a kid. They but said something like, "I know it's the, the janitor, the window washer, the window washer." Like they say something about like we had to keep going for the window washer, and they're like, "Window washer? What are you talking about?" So I'm guessing that Smee at the end is like that window washer cleaner guy that was being referred to, and he. Maybe was like they're staking out the place for a hook to get, but then. But I, why is he back at the end? I'm like, you know, Captain, I, I'm out of a job as a pirate. Uh, so I, <laughs> I, I, well, I'm making a living as a window washer. He's a real journeyman. But he didn't wink at it. He's like, hey, Bob, get off the street. He goes like, where the work is. He, he goes <laughs> <laughs> I, I always interpreted that line as hook because for some reason in my head as a kid, I was oh. like, oh, he's hiding the hook underneath like the window, like washing oh. things. So I don't know if that, I have no proof of that. That's just how I thought of it. You I, know what? I, I want to give this movie a little more credit. I want to say it's me, but it, I bet the, the intendedness is like to be scared of hook. Right. I, but I, I, I just no to make this movie make a little more sense in my head, I'm going to, it has to be like, I like the idea of me staking out the place. Like how else are you going to find these kids? Yeah. By the or way, how are you going to know that they're there at this time? Yeah, I, I mean, if, if, everything about this movie fits perfectly. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> no questions at all. Um, and never forget that Bob Hoskins at the end. I love that when he sees the pirates are losing, he goes and tries to loot Captain Hook's yeah. direction. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's me? What are you doing? Like, yeah. uh, it's me. It's me. It's me. Yeah, I gotta kick out of that. He too. does make he, I, uh, Bob Hoskins does play Smee again in that the mediocre one. Does he really in the Jason Isaacs? I didn't earn, really? Uh, yeah. Oh wow! Uh, I never saw that one actually, even though I talked like I did. <laughs> So, uh, okay, so I guess we've talked about pretty much, like, the whole plot of the movie. I'm trying to think of any other aspects of this movie that, you know, was something that you think critics really had a problem with or that audiences really were won over by. I think it's 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 an easy movie to swallow for large spots of the audience, and yeah. that doesn't necessarily make it bad or good. It just the, the morals are very clear. It's like, don't lose your child and, yeah, and respect yeah, your yeah, family. Bobby, They're talking, not hard. Talking to you, I actually – yeah, I like – you are the prox. You are the stand-in for why the audience like. You are the seventy-six percent. I am the seventy-six percent. Uh, no, it's like I, I get it, and I like. I, I, I hook. 
I was a little like I'm, this movie's still a rotten in my eyes but it's not 26 mm-hmm. no I think 26, 26 is definitely like, so I think Craig's a little too harsh on it but I do have to say I think maybe people weren't just judging it as a movie I think people were judging it as a Spielberg movie right I think people which have, is a told other bar to exactly to it to. is a much higher bar and is that fair do you think it's fair to you know hold a movie to a higher standard because of who the director is yeah, I. Oh, Keith, do you want to go? Sorry, do you want to? Yeah, well, I, I, I think we're about to say the same. Like this, you know, Spielberg had a rock in eighties. He's also had a rock in nineties. Right after this, Schindler's List, Jurassic, Jurassic Park, Saving uh, Private Ryan. I mean, like, and then right, on. right before the 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 Indiana Jones trilogy, like I come to an end, like two like, years before this, right? So, like, you know, I'm kind of expect. If I saw this, I'd be like, uh oh, what's going on here, Spielberg? Like, I, I, I guess, like. It's good enough, but that's not good enough for Spielberg. Right. If, if anything, that makes sense. you know what this movie actually reminded me of? Um, this reminded me of something like if this was, say, directed by like Chris Columbus, mm. right? Yeah, it has that feel to it. And it feels kind of yeah. like a Harry Potter sort of thing where like someone who like does not know who they truly are must be like you know, must come to realize that and dig into their full potential or something. So if someone told me this was a Chris Columbus movie, I'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, I believe that. If someone told me, if I hadn't known and I watched the whole thing, someone was like, Steven Spielberg directed that, I'd be like, oh, really? Really? I'd be like a little surprised, you know, because it doesn't really... Honestly, I don't think it really feels like a Spielberg movie in many ways. Except for the John Williams score. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, like, and that's there's some cool one shots. Of the high pluses with yeah. There's some cool shots, but I feel like it's missing like a sort of like I don't know. I, I don't know if like the, it's the camera work or whatever, but it doesn't really feel like it has the same sort of like feel of other Spielberg films. I don't know what it is. The first act, I, I would say you're right. Uh, the first act, uh, I'm getting a lot of Spielberg. Vibes, vibes from it, like right, and then and then once we enter Neverland, it, I'm not, I'm getting more Chris Columbus. Yeah, I just feel, I, I feel like it was, it just got no to offense like, to Chris Columbus. No, 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 I, no. I actually enjoy Chris Columbus. Or total offense depends on who you are. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, but. but I, I think once we get to Neverland and we're on that studio, I just think, like, it, it just got to be a lot, and Spielberg's like, you know, I'm just gonna go with what I know as a like with my style as a director and maybe the pat like with all the trouble production but you know working with that many kids and julia roberts it's just kind of like i just want to like i just want to finish this movie mm. mm-hmm. i think that it's certainly this is a movie where i think judicious cutting would have helped a lot there's no scene that i, yes. I hate completely but i think there are several scenes that are a minute too long yeah, if, you, if, if you took it to two hours i think this movie would be bumped up like 10 percentage points just yeah. off that i will say for the critics though maybe this is uh, so I don't know if you guys agree or not, but critics have to spend their whole lives basically refining their palate. And it comes to the point where I think this movie is a bit like a grilled cheese. Like you love a grilled cheese sometimes, but there's nothing really, there's nothing really to it. It's like, yeah. it's very simple. It's just there to make you feel good and, and fill your belly. And I think for a critic, the reason they might've not liked it is it, it's, it's very blunt and it's, there's no subtlety to it at all. It's a very movie that's like, this is what's happening and there's no second layer to it. Yeah. Bobby, you're just promoting your new podcast where you compare movies to food. To food. Yeah. <laughs> I would totally listen to it. Don't be wrong. Um, you're inviting me to a new segment. That's yeah. right. I, I understand. Yeah. Uh, no, I totally get that. I think, um, audiences you know have fun with this movie um but critics are like you know what like we could get more out of this it could be more nutritional say and and we especially like you said with spielberg you know a a master at the craft it's like you expect a certain level and really he's made a movie that 80 percent of us just wouldn't even be able to even touch but he because he's so much who he is like we're like oh we expect nothing but tens out of you and mm-hmm. I think this movie especially during this right. time right and, yeah. Yeah. and even for a person who genuinely loves this movie I mean a 7 on a scale of 10 would be like pushing a little bit well like, okay that brings us into our final uh, segment we're going to give our own personal percentages and see what side we you know between critics audiences what side we're picking um, so again 26% 76% is quite a difference I think we'll all land somewhere in the middle but uh, Bobby, what what percentage are you gonna give this movie? I'm trying to temper who I was as a kid watching this and who I am now watching this. I actually am going to stay right on target. I'm going to give it a 76, which oh. is like this is going to be a movie you'll enjoy. It's not going to break anything in you or or do anything new. But you'll you will have fun watching this and you won't regret. 
Okay, so you're giving this like a solid C. I'm giving this a a, a low B, I think. Was, was yeah, high C. Seventy six. Yeah, seventy six. Yeah, I guess you're using the American scale, I suppose. Um, As yeah. to the yeah. Okay. yeah, this is a very solid. Like you did good. Let's move on to the next thing. Okay, fair enough, Keith. Uh, you know, Bobby, you warmed this. <laughs> you warmed this old curmudgeon's heart. I I do think it, I would. A good 52. And what a I mean by 52. a good 52 is like... A good F. I, a, a good F. F plus. A good F. Um, but like, oh, you know, I would like to... When, if and when I have kids, this will be a movie... Yeah, hey, Dad, what did you watch when you were our age? I'll show them this, and if they're like me, they're going, I saw it once, I won't see, I won't see mm-hmm. it again until later. Like, you know, we saw it, we move on. There's some good stuff, like the score, the acting, but I just think there's the length, the pacing, there's uh, the sappiness a yeah, little bit. Uh, just uh, and as we said, it's not like during a time of Spielberg prime. If if if, if there was another director attached to this, I think he might have given his own bumped it up a bit, bumped it up. But I think Spielberg did. Maybe not on autopilot. I don't. I mean, yeah, that's he pretty damn. He didn't do that. it on autopilot, but I think there was just a lot going on in this production that he just kind of wanted to finish it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from what I've read, I think autopilot's not the right word. I think maybe he was overwhelmed. I think maybe he was maybe just not as confident. Um, we still love you, Stevie. Yeah, you know, what I mean, I think auto, I, I, autopilot kind of assumes that he like um, didn't care. I think it was more of a I think he cared, but it just outside forces. I think he was just unsure. He said he was not totally confident in the script and thought he could make it up with production values. So that, to me, is like the sign of someone who maybe is just unsure. And, you know, a, a director who usually has a very clear vision, and maybe in this case he wasn't totally confident in his vision. So maybe that would have been a better way to put it. Mm. I... Um, I feel like a lot of, I'm going to give this movie points for rewatchability. Actually, I know you said this is something that Keith, you said like you watch once maybe, but I feel yeah, like just made for a lot of people they rewatch this movie a lot, and it's a movie that you know you catch on TV, you like will watch it. I think um, for me, I I feel like I'm going to decide vote here, guys, because Keith <laughs> is siding with the critics with the rotten score. Bobby is siding with the audiences with a fresh score. And what is the threshold? We truly are. 60, films, 60, yeah. 60 is the threshold. 60 okay. is the threshold. Okay. And, you know, we've, we'll talk about movies, too, that, like, maybe have two fresh scores, but maybe one is 90, one is 62. Yeah. Like, you know, something like that. So I think uh, I'm very torn about this movie, but I'm going to give this a... A sixty-two percent. Wow! Right up to the wire. So yes. really, let me average like, that out real quick. I'm we'll going to be uh, siding with the audiences on this simply because fifty-two, sixty-two. I'm doing it right now. I feel like six. it is a harmless movie, and for people, if you like it, you'll really like it. If you don't like it, I don't think you'll regret watching it. I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd ever say that you should not watch Hook. I don't know if I'd ever say that. I think 62% to me is a score that says that, you know, this is a watchable movie that could have been a lot better. And um, I have the number here. When we average out all our scores, it ends up being 63. So it just makes sense. I actually think think that's a probably, like, I'm not going to amend my score. Yeah, you can't. No, no, I'm sticking by my 62, but I think... Uh, 63 is how like you you have people that really love it mm-hmm. people that are down the middle and I don't, I've never met anyone that hates this film but they're no. they're you can't ignore the problem no it has it has so a 63 kind of makes sense yeah like, they're, they're, I think the best word made for this movie considering it's a Spielberg movie is uh, disappointing uh, I think that should be where the critics that's my sentiment from the critics. And a disappointing movie is one I would give a sixty something percent. At twenty six percent, that's like yeah, that's shit. That's almost that's like what the Dark Tower movie got. Like, yeah, it's, it's like, almost I, unwatchable. That's like that's that's like really harsh. And yeah. um, you know, and when we were talking with um, Hereditary with Dom, you know, we kind of brought up you know these sort of this the uh, the way they do their system to Rotten Tomatoes. You know, it's it's a bit arbitrary, which which reviews they count as a fresh or a rotten mm. and they calculate that into the percentages. So 
you know, twenty six percent I don't think is really emblematic of how most critics feel. I don't know if there maybe there's one or two critics that maybe give this an F, but I feel like most critics would give this like a down the line, like, you know, could have been better sort of mm. review. So okay. I can't with all that negativity it probably does add up to it. <laughs> well and, and to have the director himself be like not my best. Like yeah. that certainly well, has that's an what effect. happens when you have to basically assign every score as a one or the other, fresh or rotten. And most people I think are down the middle leaning towards rotten, but they're not like firmly, firmly yeah. rotten on it. So um Try to be a little more fair and easy on this movie. I think, yeah, I think we did a good deep dive into this movie. I, I will be very upset if if next week I open up, like, Jezebel or something, and there's an article, like, remember the racist scene in Hook, this <laughs> podcast that covers it. I'll be oh, very upset. No, and then you open up Hook 2? <laughs> Rufio's Revenge? One last thing. I think I brought it before. It's ironic that I guess there's a movie called Pan that's more about Hook, and this movie called Hook's more about Pan. Why is this movie called Hook if it's really about Peter Pan? I was thinking about it's that. It's a good title. Could you? Yeah. It's, a good, well, it's a good title. Yeah, I mean, not, like, yeah, but the hook itself, the title, hook, is a hook. He is the driving force in the way that, like, the great Gatsby, Gatsby is the driving force behind a book that's really about Nick Carraway. Like, so hook is yeah, you're, not gonna, you're not going to see a movie called Carraway. Carraway. Well, yeah, I don't know. Under the Compared to Gatsby? Yeah. The we- Tremonchio of West End. All right, that's our, that's our fifth literary reference, which means we're out I'm of doing time. It. That's it. <laughs> but just one last thing. If anyone watching this wants to give a suggestion for a better title for this movie, Hook, because um, honestly, I feel like there's a better title somewhere in there. I don't know. I, we'd love to know what you guys think. One of the songs, if I can pitch one, one of the songs in, in the score is called You Are the Pan, and I always thought that that was like kind Ooh, of like, that would interesting. Be interesting. You are, the, are just called The Pan. The Pan, yeah. I, I don't know. Instead yeah, of just pan. awful. <laughs> the pan. awful. I thought that movie about a frying pan. No, no, yeah, Pixar, Pixar's frying pan. <laughs> the pan. Uh, the, I don't know. There's something out there. So if anyone has better ideas than us, which is probably every idea, then uh, let us know. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, Bobby, thanks for joining yeah, us. Thank you for oh, thank you guys. Saying, uh, I love this. This is And great. I officially decree that this podcast is, by two-thirds majority, siding with the audience. Yes. Society, you're on the outside. I'll, be, I'll see myself out. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, join us next time for another Divided Film, guys. Thanks a lot.